powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. It's bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code on your screen or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Well, that was a fun one. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Game Over Ottawa. It's me, Charlie, your best friend, uh, doing this one solo. Um, no guest, no mod. Mod was at the game, and I am not at all jealous of her. Um, so apologize, uh, right off the top for the inevitable amount of, uh, sneezing. Uh, I'm sick, uh, getting over a cold, nearly over it, but I just feel like, you know, guarantee of a few coughs, some, uh, some sniffles, some sneezing, uh, you know, even though the show is remote and through zoom, I thought, you know, can't take any chances. Don't bring on any guests. Don't want to get anybody sick. Um, big win for the Sens tonight. Um, against another um, another team who is maybe playing below expectations, maybe, uh, you know, a bit a bit more so than Ottawa. Um, but, you know, we'll take a win where we can get a win as, uh, as fans of this team. So, uh, before we get into the game itself, I think we got to talk about um, something, uh, I think, arguably bigger than the game. Uh, Gary Bettman was in town today. Uh, Gary Benton was in Ottawa at the game. Uh, he had a bit of a media availability. Um, more, mostly just about the, uh, the, the future change in ownership with the team. So uh, today in, a, in his media availability uh, before the game, he said that the uh, process of new ownership taking over will be completed mid-summer. Now, that is later than a lot of us were hoping um, you know, you, so it's not going to happen until after the draft, until, until the, the extremely important re-signing period for guys like Debrinkit and Brandstrom and Pinto. Um, and it, it, it's going to happen after the meatiest part of the off season is done. If we're talking midsummer, Maybe Gary has a different definition of midsummer, but to me, that that's you're well into July. You're probably mid July, um, if not late July. Um, so you know, there, I think there's good and bad there. I think I think the bad news is you don't have the knowledge of you don't have the comfort of knowing their stable ownership behind any other big moves that the team wants to make in the off season. Um, the upside to that is we have talked about this quite a bit on the show, uh, weighing the pros and cons of new ownership come, comes in. Do they want to clean house as far as management and just, just the general staff goes? Um, so, you know, if, if it is about if it is ownership that's going to want to start fresh and just kind of let everyone go. Uh, which, you know, I think for a team, regardless of, of, of resumes and regardless of how well 
uh, management has done over the last 12 or so months. I think if you're ownership and you're looking at it really coldly and you go, okay, well, this team hasn't made the playoffs since 2017. It's time to clean house. Don't care how close they were this past season. It's possible. So the fact that ownership will be coming in probably, I mean, like I, I just, I, I'm going to just give Gary the benefit of the doubt that he's right. Um, if that is the case, then, you know, it guarantees Dorian, uh, an opportunity to have another hot Pierre summer. You know, we're, if, 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 if new ownership doesn't come in until after the draft, uh, re-signing, free agency, all that stuff, it means that Pierre's got, you know, he doesn't have to worry about whether or not he's going to have a job um, come, uh, come the offseason. And he's going to be able to be very hands-on and, you know, to take the next step with his team himself, which... He's probably, I mean, I don't know how likely he thinks it is he would be canned anyway. I I think I'm with most people when I when I say that I'd love to keep him on. And it's amazing to see what he's been able to accomplish um, with ownership, letting him do what he wants. So I just wanted to start the show off, um, just start with that right off the top. The fact that, that Gary was in Ottawa and, uh, you know, it's it's... Probably not going to, you know, ownership itself, uh, documents and, and all that stuff. It won't be done until well into the offseason. So important to note. Um, let's talk about this game against the Florida Panthers, uh, divisional rival. Um, and, uh, yeah, starting this season, um, brother brotherly rival, sibling, family, I don't know. Uh, the Kachuk brothers playing each other, I believe they said it was a 17th time which sounds like a lot because, uh, you know, up until this season, they were in different conferences. But the key thing to remember there is the uh, COVID season with the Canadian division, where I think they played each other nine times when uh, when Matthew Kachuk was on uh, was on Calgary. So um, and I can't remember. I feel bad. I can't remember who said this on the broadcast, but I believe up until tonight it was uh, eight wins apiece. So uh, Brady is now ahead at uh, nine wins to eight. Um so the first period, they looked pretty solid all around. Um, I I have real no uh, no real complaints with with the first period. It was a little back and forth, maybe, but um, you know, uh, hard hard to complain. Uh, Shabbat with an incredible move um, on the point finds Brady. Puts in Brady Kachuk has thirty four goals by the way, folks. I like okay, so <laughs> um, that's worth talking about. I think that Brady Kachuk has thirty four goals. Um, Kachuk is gonna like I, I even even myself, uh, someone who has uh, I, I won't say always. I was one of those people who was like, I don't know about Brady Kachuk that early on. I'm I'm, I'm kind of roasting myself here on the show. Uh, as soon as I saw what Brady was capable of, I've um, I've been a big Brady fan, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think the dude is destined to have multiple forty goal seasons, uh, given how this is going. Uh, and then Eric Brandstrom with his second goal in three games, unassisted, by the way, on the power play. Um, Eric Branstrom is something else, and 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 you can tell that that coast to coast that coast to coast I can't speak that coast to coast goal he scored the other day really boosting his confidence. He is flying out there. 
Um, couple of really nice chances for him. He he's he is finally really starting to carry the puck himself through the neutral zone out of the defensive end. Um, he's looking great. So the first period, Sens finished that first period with a two nothing lead. I got no complaints really. Uh, and then in the second period, um, so so uh, the Sens. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little negative. So. Uh, Sogard kind of bailed the team out on on a few really rough turnovers uh, in their own end. Um, the nice thing about having a goalie who's like seven foot three is he's not actually seven foot three. Um, is that you know he, he made a few great saves just laying out and just stretching his tippy toes and just praying that the puck hits him. So that works. Um, so yeah, all that to say, a couple rough spots there in the second period, but overall, um, by some miracle, they 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 uh, you know don't lose the lead, and um, eventually they they recover. Uh, Batherson with a really nice no look pass to Debrinket, um, who scores on a on a gorgeous one timer with the shot straighter than the Stahl brothers. Um, and then in the uh, in the third period, uh, the crowd starts breaking out in a Brady's better chant, which is great. Um, you know, well, actually, actually, the the, the crowd uh, went in a, into a Brady's better chant several times through the game. Um, and uh, my reports say that the chant was started by um, Gary Bettman. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I mean, that's very forward of him, but it's appreciated, Gary. Really appreciate that. Um, now retire, please. Uh, and then uh, Timmy Stutzel with a goal to restore the two-goal lead on a late power play um, in the third period. So this is really important because, um, you know, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say this is historical, but in, in, in a sense it kind of is just because we're looking at over a decade since this happened. So for those who didn't watch the, an episode, a couple a – couple, actually, no, it was this last episode – uh, my co-host Mod and I did a kind of a special uh, version of Game Over where it was almost entirely Sens trivia, and the the name of the game was name the uh, goal scoring leader for the Sens for every season that they have existed, and also try and guess how many goals they scored. So as far as the leading goal scorer on the team goes for <laughs> the past thirty years. Uh, it's all very fresh in my brain. So I know that now with uh, Timmy scoring his 36th goal, um, that's the mo- that's that's the highest number of goals an Ottawa Senator has scored since Danny Heatley. If you can believe that. Uh, we had um, uh, Josh Norris scored 35 last season. Um, and for those keeping track... Um, <laughs> oh my god. For those keeping track, a decade earlier was the last time that anyone on the team scored 35 as well. So Milan McCulloch scored 35 in 11-12. And then a decade later, Norris scored 35 in, in 21-22. Uh, so going back further than that, the last time a player scored 36 uh, or scored over 35 goals was, other than Tim Stutzel this year, obviously, uh, was Danny Heatley in 08-09, who ended the season with 39 can Timmy be the first player on the Sens to score 40 since since Heatley in 0708? 
who I believe Healy scored 41 in 0708. So um it's it's within reach. Um I unfortunately don't know the Sens record off the top of my head. Uh I can do math. 60 74 games played. So eight games left. Can can Timmy score five or more? Uh to or it would so Timmy needs four to hit 40. And he needs six in the remaining eight games to um, score the most goals uh, since Heatley went fifty back to back. I think he can do it. He's on such he's on such a tear. And and you know I mean there's been a lot of focus on how tough the Sens schedule is leading up uh, towards the end of the season here, which um, you know um, what are we working with here? So following this game, Philly, Toronto, Columbus, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Buffalo. A lot of tough teams. I think you should just put up six against Columbus. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, so all that to say, um, Timmy, highest number of goals scored for the Ottawa Senators in a season since Danny Heatley, and there's still uh, eight games to go. So let's see what happens. Um... I I don't know if I'd say that that Timmy is is destined for a 50 goal season in his career. Uh, I definitely think he's destined for several, fingers crossed, uh, 40 plus goals, 100 point seasons. Listen, he's too good at too young of an age for this to be like fluke is a is a is a is a strong word, and there's no way this is a fluke. I don't even want to use the word fluke. I've said it six times now. It's losing all meaning. Um, he's too good at too young of an age and has been too good since uh, 2023 began for this to be anything but a glimpse into his future and 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 the joy that Ottawa Senators fans and, frankly, hockey fans in general are are going to be able to experience watching him over the next, hopefully, 15-plus years. Um, you know, he's he's something else. We'll, 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 circle, we'll circle back to Stutzlin a bit here. But uh, just to top it all off for the game, uh, Pinto with an empty netter. Um, and then I think that's all the goals. Okay, no, actually, actually, it looks like Florida scored a couple goals in this game as well. But that, I mean, that's okay. We can skip those. So, um, big five to two win for the Sens in this one. Um, you know, I think we're I, so so early earlier in the show. I said I'm going to get negative a little bit. Uh, that's as that's about as negative as I'm going to get here, folks. Um, I think we're at the point of the season where, you know, playoffs are um, not going to happen. So I think we just got to enjoy the games we, we, we have left here to watch as Sens fans and just try and, you know, hold on to the positives and just enjoy them because, you know, as, as frustrating as the season has been at times, it's been really great at, at a lot of points, but it has been extremely frustrating quite a few times. And uh, the off season is long. It's a long, long off season. We have we 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 have baseball to get through it, um, which is great. But it is it is a long, long off season. So just just enjoy these remaining eight games 
and uh, just, I'm, I'm going to do my best. I'm doing a bunch of these last few games here, so I'm going to do my best to try and pull away maybe not nothing but positives, but do my absolute best just to try and enjoy every single game because as much as I love baseball, I'm going to be missing hockey a lot within two weeks of, of playoffs ending. So um, I want to take a quick peek at the chat here and see how how our wonderful viewers are doing right now. Um, are you disappointed with how the season has gone? Because personally, I think this is where we should have been this season, fighting for playoffs but not quite here. I think next year is our year. Losing Norris also really hurt us. One hundred, I I agree entirely. Um, actually, on um, for for my interview for, for uh when I when I when I was interviewed, um, for this position uh before the season began uh unfortunately Steve couldn't make it but uh I was in a Zoom call with Andrew, uh Adam and Jesse, and uh, I believe it was I believe it was Jesse who asked me, uh. Where do I think the Sens will finish this season? And I'm a little off. I mean, it, things can move around towards the end of the towards the end of the season here in the last few games. Uh, I guess depending on how many Eastern teams are playing each other. Uh, but my answer at the time was, I think they're going to be the best team in the East who missed the playoffs. And you know, it's looking like I'm probably going to be a couple spots off from that. But you know, not a huge deal. Um, is it? Is it, 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 is it a bummer? Because I think I think the way that the season ended up for the Sens, just in there were blocks of just just awful hockey and sections of looking so good and 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 so very much like a playoff team. I think that adds to the disappointment of it all of not making the playoffs. When 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 you're a team that starts the season 6-12 and 1 and then over the next I don't know, I can do math. Uh over the next what 35, maybe even 40 games you're playing at like a 100 point pace. Um, but you just dug a hole that's way, way too deep to start out the season to, to ever catch up. Um, and then when it looks like you might actually do it, you might actually catch up. Then you go on that stinker of a Western road trip. They just had where they lost to, uh, Calgary and Vancouver and, and Chicago. And so I, I, I think it's, I think part of the disappointment for me anyway, I don't know how, how other Sens fans are looking at the season, but I think the fact that the team looked awful and then looked great, and then looked awful again for a stretch. It, I think the separation of of those those two kind of sections where the team looked terrible um, helped us focus on that longer section in the middle where the team looked great. And I think because we were able to focus on that you know long forty ish game stretch where the team looked like a playoff team, that sort of became the the expectation, if that makes any sense, um, I, I I do think that uh, I I do think that you know if if the season had been a little more consistently, eh, rather than terrible, good, terrible, uh, we might just as a fan base be a little bit happier. I don't know. We'll see how that all goes. But yeah, I completely agree with you that losing Norris really hurt the team. Uh, and that next year is the year. Um, 
few question marks to be to be answered still um with you know Debrinkit, um Brandstrom and, and Pinto uh, also RFAs uh does Hamnick come back if Hamnick doesn't come back that three million off the books is really going to help fill out uh some of those RFA contracts that have to be signed because uh, it doesn't look like the cap's going to be going up a whole lot this offseason so the uh the money for Debrinkit and, and and the rest of those guys are going to have to come from uh from expiring deals and then a little bit of cap space that's left on the team. Um, from Jack in the chat here, fun fact, last time Sens beat Panthers on home ice, uh, since, uh, March 29th, 2018 penalty shot OT winner from Pajot, a penalty shot in OT. You'd think I'd remember that. I have zero recollection of that. 2018, 17-18, which, you know what, <laughs> now that I think about it, that makes sense. Towards the end of the 17-18 season, I was probably just repressing everything I'd seen that season. Um, that's rough. Um, Pajot, I, I, I have not been looking nearly as closely as I should to uh, to uh, a bunch of teams uh, in the last few weeks. So I, I'm wondering how Pajot is doing. I should, I should take a peek at, uh, at how he's been doing this season. Um, I'm excited to see us next year with Norris back. Stutzler with the full season in his current level and the addition of Chikrin and Sanderson a step forward. I think we have a shot. Oh, for sure. I don't know if, um, necessarily the, you know, um, the Sens are instantly cup contenders next season, but absolutely should be in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, and honestly, I mean, the Atlantic is, is, is terrifying. Um, you know, even with Florida falling off, still got to deal with Toronto, Tampa, Boston. So ideally, I'd love I'd love for the Sens to take a step to the point where they're not a wild card team next year. Um, tough, tough to break into that top three in the division, though. And yeah, like Tampa's looked kind of rough the last few weeks, and maybe that's a sign of them finally falling off. I don't know if I necessarily buy it. Um, they'd have to be damn close to 500 about midway through the season next year for me to really think that they have fallen off for real, but we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, I think a full season of Chikrin, um, and the Sens do kind of have this two year window here with, with Chikrin's contract. Um, because as soon as Chikrin's contract expires, you know, (laughs) fingers crossed, he plays to the point where, um, he is needing a significant raise. So when you have a when you have a defenseman of, of of Chikrin's caliber playing for, you know, probably less than half of what he should be making, frankly, um, injury issues or not, I think you have to take advantage of that. And the other thing with that too is those two years of Chikrin's contract match up with Sanderson's ELC. So over the next two seasons, you get Chikrin for dirt cheap compared to what he should be paid, and you also have Sanderson on his ELC. So you need to take advantage of having two legit top four defensemen. Maybe even two. We'll see how we'll see if Chickering can stay healthy and if he can repeat what he's done this season, and also see if Sanderson takes that next step next season. You could have Chickering and Sanderson both arguably legit top pairing defensemen for a combined five point five mil ish around that mark, right? So I think with, with that two year two year block in mind, knowing that you have these two potentially you know two elite elite defensemen making a combined five and a half mil 
you need to take advantage of that while you can because as soon as those contracts end, you know, they're both guys that could be asking by the time. And also, fingers crossed that the cap goes up by this point, by the way. But two years following that, when both their contracts are up and you have to re-sign them, um, and I believe Chickren's going to be a UFA, and at least Sanderson will be an RFA. And I don't know, depending on how Sanderson goes, will he want that long eight-year extension? Is he going to want a bridge? Doesn't Either way, you could be looking at that pairing going from five and a half to the asking being closer to somewhere between 15 and 20 million for the two of them. So I think you really need to take advantage of these next two years. Really cross your fingers for a healthy Norris. Um and you know, I mean, there's a, there's a long list of of I love the Sens core, and there's a long list of things that I do think need to go right for them to be real contenders next season. And that's not even addressing fixing the depth. Um, so most of the core has been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I would love a full season of Shabbat looking like he has the last few games. Uh, Shabbat has not played up to par, uh, at least you know what he should be playing at. This was this season was supposed to be his coming out party. Right? Like this season was supposed to be the season that he puts up insane numbers, and it's really been Sanderson a season more than anything. But if if Shabbat can play to his full potential, give us eighty percent of Shabbat's full potential. Him with uh, you know a healthy uh, performing Chikrin Sanderson. Zub has taken a step back this season, which is a shame. But, you know, the defense as a whole kind of has more or less. So I do think that, you know, if if Zub and Shabbat can both kind of go back to as to, if they can both play as well as we've seen them play for extended periods of time, the Sens top four on D is insane. Um, and the way that Brandstrom's playing right now, I am fully on board with him being a 5-6 next season. No complaints there for me. Um, I'm a little on the fence about re-upping Hamannick next year. Uh, I know he's been getting a lot of love on, on Twitter and from a lot of Sens fans in general. Um, not fully convinced. I know he's looked great, you know, the last 20 or so games, but there are 80 games in the season. So important to keep that in mind. Um, I want to see what they have with Clevin. I want to see JBD and Lassie Thompson get extended looks if possible. Um... Just, you know, at, but though at the same time, I am, you know, my main concern with the defense now is who's going to be their sixth guy. That feels a lot better than it did at the beginning of the season. Um, and then as far as the forward core goes, uh, Batherson, Batherson needs to play a whole season the way he's played the last, what, seven-ish games, seven, eight games. He's looked unbelievable in the last in the last couple weeks. So if he can put together, you know, most of a season looking like that, I, I I think he must have been injured for most of the season because for stretches there he looked rough. So the fact that that we see, that we're seeing now, like okay, so he's he can look as good as he did last season, um, that is really reassuring. So I think if you keep the top six as is with the healthy Norris, of course, and then you have a third line of what, uh, Pinto, Joseph, and. I don't mind throwing Greg like throw Greg on the wing, see how that works. If not, bring in a scoring third line winger, maybe then have a fourth line of. I would love to see them bring Broussard back, honestly. Um, if you want to keep Greg at center, a, a fourth line of like Broussard, Greg, and like I guess I don't know, like Castlick, or if you're if you're holding on to Brown, I'm fine with that. 
Um, I'm talking about the, the the potential lineup for next year a lot. Um, you know what? Let's let's just cap it off with goalies then. Um, don't think Talbot's coming back. I am perfectly happy with uh, with Forsberg being like a one B maybe. Um, as good as Forsberg has been on on different stretches, I don't know if I want to rely on him for 60 plus starts you know like Forsberg to me I I would love to see a scenario where where two goalies are on the center are playing 40 ish each uh, and I don't know if that other goalie is going to be so guard he's looked brilliant at times um, but I think goaltending as long as the sends are able to put together some decent decent depth options um, up front and on defense um goaltending is the biggest question mark. So if, specifically, uh, anyone watching right now, if you have any ideas for goaltending or any opinions on goaltending at all, be, feel free to throw that in the chat because I think as far as, you know, the uh, the top six forwards and top four D go, it's pretty much set in stone for next season. Um, let's see here. I hope ownership fires DJ after the season. He's too inconsistent and our defensive system is so bad. We also need to stop dumping the puck. Players in the future are going to be really fast so i at the top of the show i kind of uh mentioned how because it sounds like ownership is going to be taking over in the middle of the off season um i don't know how likely it is that they're going to clean house like do you want to be holding interviews for for and that's the thing i think if ownership comes in and they replace the coaching staff like it wouldn't surprise me at all if they replace management like i said at the beginning of the show uh if you're coming in as a like number one new ownership you're coming in as as a as a business first person right so if you come in and you're like well this team has missed the playoffs since 2017 and they've had the same gm since uh, i can't remember when pierre took over 2015 um listen as good as he's been the last 12 or so months like dude's getting canned so i don't know if um he's getting canned if that's the mindset of the new ownership coming in. But the other side of that is that because ownership's coming in, according to Gary Bettman today, middle of the summer, um, like what ownership group is going to want to be doing coaching and, and management interviews and the hiring process in like August? Like, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't know because I, I feel like I feel like if you're if you're trying to bring in a new coaching staff and a new management if if you're a new owner coming in and you want to just like just tear it all down and start from scratch as far as um, your employees go doing that like a month before camp starts just doesn't it doesn't feel like a smart move so um, we'll just have to see how it goes well, well I'll have to see how uh, how that how that uh, unfolds this summer. Um, yeah, keep Broussard, sign a third liner, and we need a solid goalie. Um, yeah. Uh, so I can't even say your name in the chat because it's just a whole bunch of letters. But uh, we're going to call you D. D uh, agrees with me on each of those points. I think you keep Broussard as a fourth liner. Um, yeah, sign a, a third line winger. Uh, ideally, probably someone to play with with Pinto and Joseph. Uh, if you get if you can sign a third line winger with fucking wheels, like someone who can really really move and keep up with Joseph, 
that could be a really fun line. Um, and then if you fill out the fourth line, like ideally you'd fill out the fourth line with guys who can who can kill off a penalty. Because um, I am tired of seeing Austin Watson on the PK. I'm going to be real with all of you. Um, <laughs> Brady's better from uh, living in the mist. Correct. Um, let's see here. Uh, but I feel like we are going to have the same problem heading into next year, though. Uh, not sure what uh, what you're specifically talking about there. Could be due to uh, the slight delay in the chat uh, versus the stream. So um, if you can just uh, fill out that that point a little bit further, we'll talk about that for sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting and scary time. Uh, you know, because like I said, new ownership coming in, and as fun as this season, this season's been fun. It's been a fun season. It's been a huge step. The Sens have a good chunk more points than than uh, than they did at the end of last season with you know eight games to go. Um, I want to say four more points now uh, already with eight games to go. So it's been a fun season. Like uh, I, you can't argue with the fact that it's been a fun season. It's been a huge breakout year for a bunch of guys on the team. Um, but I still it, it, I can't be fully relaxed and enjoying it because of the whole ownership thing. And while that's also exciting, I started watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham and just really hoping for if 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 it's the group with Ryan Reynolds, a TV show like that for the Sens would be so much fun to watch. Not only as a Sens fan, but like I'll be wouldn't that, I, I've I, and I know I've talked about this probably several times on the show before, so. Uh, if you're a regular listener, you're probably tired of me talking about this. But how huge for the sport would a show like that be? Like, it, it'd be huge. And I, know, and I know a lot of Leafs fans are going to say, well, there was the Amazon series. But, like, so Cards on the Table, I didn't watch it. But a friend of mine who, yes, is a Sens fan, but I know... Like objectively, like he will speak about this objectively. Um, if it was a good show, he'd tell me, and he told me it was lacking. So, you know, and it's, I'm not saying that's good for, because it's Ottawa. Like, fuck off, whatever. Um, Ottawa's a small market. Hockey's never going to get big because of Ottawa, but hockey can get big because of a monster TV show that will be big. Because the last sports show that Ryan Reynolds made about the biggest sport in the world is big, if that makes sense. Um, I, I still think that that the NHL and, and Gary Bettman probably should want the, the group with Ryan Reynolds to, to get the team. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I do think that... A, I mean, look, look what... Look what um, oh, this is embarrassing. I'm forgetting the name of the show. The F1 show on Netflix. Like look, look what it's done for F one. I mean, all, I mean, F one granted was huge already, but just you know what 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 it could do for the sport. A good show could do for the sport. Um, ownership, not just huge. Uh, so, oh, ownership specifically uh, going to have the same problem heading into next year uh, with ownership. I see. Okay. Um, in Ottawa, yes. Yeah, so, so not just huge for the sport, but Ottawa would get more exposure. Ottawa absolutely would get more exposure, and I mean, Ottawa is. You know, as, as a fan base, we're doomed to be the team in between Montreal and Toronto. 
pure like in a purely geographical sense, Ottawa's never going to be a huge market. It it can't be. Like the the Ottawa Senators are a team that doesn't have the hockey fan in Ottawa demographic locked up, you know? Like Ottawa's never going to be a huge huge market just because the team is stuck between Montreal and Toronto. And while I think, you know, if in this in this hypothetical universe where Ryan Reynolds is part of an ownership group that gets the team and then gets to make a show and it's on Disney Plus and he gets a whole bunch of viewers. Like, that's going to help the number of fans for Ottawa for sure because they're going to be like, oh, that's the Ryan Reynolds team. Um, more importantly, I think that, like, just having a fan base watching that show to grow the sport is is so... Like, it... It, it it feels like a no brainer that it's that it's the best possible outcome, and I cards on the table. I haven't done nearly enough research into the different confirmed groups interested in the team. Um, I know there's a lot of them. Apparently, The Rock is part of one. Sure, um, which would be very funny after uh, after he showed up at a Leafs game. Um. But you know, I I gotta wrap up this this conversation because it feels like we're talking about it a lot. And I'm sure Maude and I are going to be talking about this a lot on the last show of the season, which um naturally, if you couldn't guess, uh the last show of the season being the last game of the season against Buffalo on the thirteenth of April, uh, it's gonna be a long one. It's gonna be just a general season recap. Um, so that'll be a really long one. I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot more at that point. So I think at this point, I'm going to do my best to wrap up the, uh, potential ownership talks because it feels like I've talked about this several times and as much as I want to talk about it, I'm just, I'm just repeating myself. So, um, from Daniel in the chat, remember when people were criticizing the Stutzler contract looks pretty great now. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people were criticizing it, but they were criticizing it from the from the perspective of like, I feel like a lot of them are looking at like, this will probably work out, but that's a lot to bet. Um, and uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna out myself here. I uh, am someone who, I, I've always loved that contract. I've loved the Stutzler contract, but I am someone who is, Injury issues aside, I'm someone who's a little bit iffy on Norris making about the same. Now, if Norris is overpaid by a million or two, is that the end of the world? No, because Stutzler is going to be underpaid by like four, you know? So it, it, it evens out somewhere in there. Um, but listen, when, when, when Norris signed an 8x8 eight eight because he was supposed to be the number one center on the team, that made sense. That's like... Bottom line, number one center money is eight mil a year. Bottom line. So when you can lock up someone that you're confident can be your one C for eight years, and the dude is in his early to mid twenties, I think you have to. I think you have to do that contract. Um, like just the 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 upside is too good. The potential upside on that is too good. Um, but I think 
I, I don't want to say that Norris was unproven when he when he signed that contract because you know he he was he he spent a, the better part of a season scoring at a fifty goal pace. And granted, that is you know he did he get an eight by eight contract because he played really well in like sixty ish games. Yeah, so there's also another way to look at that of being like that with being like that's you know not great <laughs> but who knows that contract could be phenomenal like, i think i think also part of the is the fact that norris hasn't played like all season and i think part of the problem is i'm forgetting just how good he looked last year so if he can come back in and be lights out like he was and i'm not saying he's got to put up 50 goals every single season but if norris can come in and play like i'm not going to say 1c because stutzla is obviously the 1c of the future um, but if Norris can come in, play second line center, and like just and 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 just put up like, I'd be thrilled with like a, a like if if the usual Norris season is like thirty goals and and thirty five to forty assists, like I'm thrilled with that eight by eight. That's fine. Like the the, the Sens have enough bargains elsewhere that that's fine. Um, but I, I that that eight by eight does have me a little bit nervous. Whereas the Stutzla 8x8, now, even at the time of signing, I was like, he's going to grow into that contract. Uh, that contract hasn't started yet, and he should be making $11 million per year, maybe 12 So, all that to say, he's, yeah, he he needs to fire his agent. Yeah, I mean, he seemed, he, he he's probably kind of bummed that he could be making 3 to 4 mil per, three, 3 to 4 mil more per year heading into next season, but... Um, he did say that uh, when he signed the contract, that the first thing is the most important thing is, is that his parents can retire and they don't have to work, which is, which is a great move by him. Um, so yeah. Hey, remember remember earlier in the show when I said uh, I'm just gonna pull the positives out for the rest of the season and not get too negative, and then I just spent a few minutes being really worried about the Josh Norris contract, unprompted. I'm still I'm still working on the I'm still working on the purely positive thing, I guess. So my bad folks. My bad. <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think with that we're gonna call it a show. Um I think my 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 immune system kicked into overdrive here because we've we've been live for about 40 minutes and I haven't sneezed and I don't think I've gone I don't think I've gone through any point today without sneezing in over 15 minutes so uh shout out to my um shout out to my body knowing that i need to uh need to do a show and and not making me sneeze or you know do any gross uh cold time uh bodily functions on stream so uh <laughs> mr negativity person charlie that's me that's me everything is terrible and uh, the sounds are never going to be good. <laughs> so with that in mind, um, let's take a quick look forward for the next game. And the next game is going to be on Thursday. So the sounds have a few days off here. Next next game is going to be Thursday, March 30th. And uh, both Mod and I will be on that show. Um, it's against Philly. Like that should be a win. Um, and, and, you know, am I... <sighs> Am I fine with no playoffs this year? Yeah, at this point, like, I'm fine with it. So at this point, I just want the Sens to win to make that first-round pick to Arizona. 
as not good as possible. Or maybe maybe I want it to be really good and win the lottery and in the sense can keep it. I'm torn now. I'm really, really torn. Anyway, we'll see. Um, but yeah, now that, that Philly game should be super winnable. Um, I can't even enjoy watching that Philly game because I love Travis Konechny and dude has been injured um, for a good chunk of the season. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a fun game. Because uh, I think other than that, so like they got Philly... Then they got Columbus later on, and other than that, it's mostly killers. So, or at least playoff, if not playoff, adjacent teams. So, you know, let's hope for a fun win uh, on Thursday because there might not be too many left this season. We'll just have to see. Uh, maybe some teams are going to be sitting their best players leading into the playoffs, and the Sens are going to run away with it. Um, and then get to pull a mid to late 2000s Leafs and miss the playoffs by like two points. So that would be painful. Um, anyway, with that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the show here, folks, because I'm going to be able to find a way to ramble on for the next 10 minutes and say a whole lot of words while simultaneously saying nothing. So thank you so much for tuning in to game over. Um, and if you enjoyed it, click the like button helps out the algorithm and all that. Speaking of algorithms, uh, subscribe to STPN on YouTube. It's free. Subscribe. Do it. If you're listening to this on Spotify or, or Apple Music or, or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts in a purely audio form, um, you specifically, thank you for listening, but also uh, head to YouTube and click subscribe and like and all that fun stuff because it helps the show out a whole bunch and uh, we would love for this to last a good long time and we want to grow the show because the show is better with more of you watching, more interaction in the chat. Just makes for a more fun, interactive experience for not just, you know, you guys watching and listening, but for myself and Mod because sometimes it's hard to fill 40 minutes by yourself. So, uh, all that to say, um, we'll, uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for watching. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.